It's the next level. Cyberpunk is set in a metropolis of the future, where body modification has become an obsession. You play as an outlaw, an enhanced mercenary working in the sleazy underbelly of the city. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but let me tell you, the feeling of of being there, of walking the streets of the future, is really going to be breathtaking. You're breathtaking. <laughs> You're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder? about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently. I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. language intended for adult audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Figures this would happen to me. So last week, during episode 45, I made a recommendation. I made two recommendations. I said, go see Godzilla, which still stand on that one. Go see Godzilla. My other recommendation was Swamp Thing from the DC Universe uh, streaming service, or other ways if you don't live in the United States. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, so hmm, I recommend Swamp Thing. I say, hey, Swamp Thing's great. Swamp Thing looks amazing. It's beautiful body horror. It's great suspense, great acting, great music. It's fucking canceled. Are you kidding me? So, okay, yes, of course. I know, it's so easy to blame DC on this one. But actually, it's not DC's fault. Uh, well, not entirely their fault. I mean, should they have canceled? I guess. I, I, I mean, we don't. I, I'm not part of the whole business thing, right? I, I'm a, I'm a podcaster. I, I, I talk shit. But I guess the whole thing with Swamp Thing is that the state of North Carolina, where the show is being filmed, promised a tax break. You know, said uh, what the, the the show cost them uh, in, in budgetary costs. It cost them eighty million, and I guess North Carolina was supposed to take care of forty million of that, and they didn't even meet half of that. Uh, basically, giving DC thirteen million and saying, "Here, there's your tax break." DC can't afford the show, especially at the quality that they wanted to produce it. Which now explains why the last three episodes of season one got cut off because they couldn't afford the costs. Um, it's a beautiful looking show. It, this reminds me of Terra Nova. I don't know how many of you ever followed that show back in the day. It had one season on Fox. It was a beautiful looking show. The whole idea of, you know, uh, a, a dystopian future where everything was, you know, it was polluted, it was disgusting, you couldn't live properly, and they created this time travel machine to go back in time, back to the prehistoric days, and it was modern day people, or like futuristic people living in, you know, prehistoric times and whatnot. Beautiful looking show. Some of the acting was a little, hey, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, overall, it was it was a fun show. I enjoyed it, and it got the axe because of budgetary costs. Same thing with this. So, and, and the worst part is, is that episode one had like rave reviews for Swamp Thing. 
it, people loved the pilot episode. I know I did. Fuck, I, last week, I'm telling you all, you gotta watch this. It's fucking amazing. Yes, it is. It was. It is. It, that's the thing. It still is. And I'm glad at least they're going to let the 10 episodes run out. Like, you know, we're going to get a new episode each week. Episode two was better than the pilot episode. Worlds Apart, which was the second episode. Wow, that was a good one. It was fucking awesome. There is one kill scene in there. Ho oh, ho, it's so beautiful. But anyways, here's it. It's almost a bittersweet pill because yes, we're going to get 10 episodes. We're going to fall in love with this show and then it's going to be kaput. There's nothing else after. I, I, I'm kind of hoping maybe they pull a John Constantine kind of thing here. Either put him on another show, like, you know, put Swamp Thing. At, at least, uh, you know, the character of Alec Holland slash Swamp Thing and Abby Arcane. Have them go maybe, you know, to another show, Doom Patrol. Or or better yet, maybe create a Justice League Dark TV series. Mm, that won't happen. But <laughs> I can be hopeful, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. What, is, what, what did I say last night? I was talking about the Bethesda E3 panel. I said, oh, um, you know, less expectations leads to less disappointment because Bethesda really didn't disappoint. I'll get back to that in a minute. But um, <sighs> Swamp Thing is gone, guys. Um, fuck. If anything, let's watch the 10 episodes we do get. Let's enjoy it because fuck my life. I was so excited about this series. I have been waiting for it. I, I And that first episode, I was like, oh my God, it's fucking beautiful. And six days later, canceled. Fuck my life. But anyways, on to better things. Because from the Next Level Network studios that don't exist, coming to you. From beyond the grave, it is dun 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 dun. What lurks behind Podcast Zero? Episode forty-six. I am your host, Postmortem Paul, and we got a fun one this week. I I know that some of the reviews I've been doing have been movies that people are like, I didn't even know this movie existed. If you don't know that this movie exists, maybe, you know, check your priorities or something. Um, I don't know. Look in a mirror and ask yourself, what the fuck have I been doing with my life? Because this movie is iconic. It's a cult classic. It's a favorite of everyone's. It's going to be hard for me to pick on this movie, even though it technically is a bad movie. If you think about it. But anyways, episode 46, the movie review of the week is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But first, I did... Okay, I mentioned E3. And E3 is currently going on right now. You remember last year during E3, I said I was going to do, like, you know, movie reviews that were movies based on video games. And eh, it kind of went okay, but then, like, I kind of... There were, it was just a, it was a weird time and I was going to do that again this year and I'm like no you know what fuck it because I, I'm not a huge gamer um, so it's hard for me to compare you know uh, like intellectual properties it's hard for me to compare them when I either A haven't played the games or I like the movies but the movies are actually bad representations of the games and stuff like it, it was very hard to do what I wanted to do with that last year. So I'm not doing it this year, but I will talk about a few things from E3 that just kind of caught my attention so far anyways. Um, day three is happening today, actually, as I'm record. Well, as I'm recording this, it's day three. Uh, I believe Ubisoft, is it Ubisoft? I said Ubisoft, but Ubisoft and I believe Square Enix have their press conferences today. I think, I'm not, I'm not 100% positive. But so far, what I have seen, uh, the Saturday, technically day one. Well, okay, it, it was like the pre-day because yesterday was technically day one. But anyways, whatever. When EA Play did their press conference, eh, I'm not a, the EA 
they gave me two Star Wars games I wasn't happy with, the whole Battlefront thing. So, I mean, I kind of went in with, again, low expectations. I was like, mm, okay, we'll see what they give me. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is the game that caught my attention. It looks uh, very much like the Force Unleashed games, uh, uh, the earlier games and whatnot. And I don't know, I'm kind of impressed. I, I'm skeptical to say I'm going to love the game. I don't even think it's a, a release day purchase for me. But it's impressive. I'm not going to lie. And I believe, like, I wrote on my like my personal social media accounts, I was like, EA may have done this one right. Um, I know, like, and I'm not the only person. I know there's a lot of people that are very, you know, um, they're, they're very hesitant to, you know, fall into the whole EA thing like oh you guys have this beautiful game and all this stuff people are skeptical when it comes to EA but I think Fallen Order might be the game to start correcting you know correcting the path uh, I could be wrong but it, it looks it looks impressive and for those uh, for those of you who are Gotham fans uh, Cameron Monaghan who played uh, Jerome Valeska aka <laughs> prototype Joker uh, he does, um, he's the character, uh, like the main character in Jedi Fallen Order, uh, Cal Kestis. So, and they, like, even like the character himself, like of Cal, like they made him look similar to uh, Cameron Monaghan. So that was pretty cool. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm intrigued. It definitely caught my attention. Again, I'm not sure this will be a release day purchase. I, I, I don't think I'd be buying this on, you know, like, or even pre-order. Like, I, I can't see myself doing a pre-order for this. But I think if the buzz is good, like, after it gets released, it might be something I jump into. However, so Microsoft. Microsoft did their press conference. So did Bethesda. Bethesda, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The only thing that really stood out for me, two things. Doom Eternal, obviously. Um, <laughs> it looks good. And... During, uh, what was the name of the game? Ghostwire Tokyo, I believe. Uh, which, um, it's kind of cool. Uh, basically, like, uh, I was telling people last night when I was watching it, I'm like, it kind of reminds me, some, it has like a, a Juan or a Ringu uh, feel to it, but it, it, almost as if Thanos snapped his fingers. Um, and it's got a cool feel to it. Anyways, there was, <laughs> and I can't remember her name, I should have written it down. There was this uh, cute little woman comes out to talk about um, the game, and her English was, you know, very broken. She she did say like, "I will do my best to speak English." She actually didn't do bad. Um, very, she was quite easy to understand, but she was like a living anime character. It was so cute. She had like the little kicks and the flips and the little. It, it was very like chibi anime, but it was it was adorable in its own way she was like the other highlight of bethesda's like press conference for me um because i don't know elder scrolls online as well i mean obviously if you're big into that i'm not but if that's something that you know you're, you're very passionate about that probably piqued your interest as well but going back to microsoft because microsoft needs to be talked about so they announced their Project Scarlet. It's their next console. Uh, not going to lie, kind of impressive, but I need to see more. I expected it was more or less going to be just a mention because uh, especially when they uh, announced that it won't be out until you know late 2020. We're not going to get like full details on this thing until next year's E3, so I'm not surprised. Um, it, it, from what it sounds like, it sounds like it's going to be a very impressive console. Uh, they're doing a lot with their Game Pass. Um, the Ultimate Game Pass was something they announced. And I was looking at it for myself. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. Their Game Pass has a lot of really cool games. But I'm not sold yet. Uh, and th this is the thing, like, I'm not one of these that, like, PlayStation is better than Xbox, or Xbox is better than PlayStation. I like them both. I like what both offer, but because I'm that guy that is like, hey, I like both Xbox and PlayStation, I tend to watch what I spend money on only because I'm spending money on both constantly. So I'm not, I, I'm one of those people where I'm not quick to just jump into something. So we'll see what happens, but... um 
some of the games that were announced during the Microsoft uh, press conference were uh, intriguing. Uh, Blair Witch. Okay, so, and it's funny. I was I was laughing because I'm like, just a few episodes ago, I did my review on the Blair Witch movie. Wow. Okay, so I I hope it's not a mistake they made by naming this game Blair Witch because obviously with the with the name Blair Witch, you get a very uh, divisive. Uh, it's it's very divided between fans. Some like it, some hate it. And I really hope that a lot of people will, even for myself, as much as I'm not a fan of the movie, I did. I will say the marketing has always been great for the Blair Witch. I I hope that with this game, that's not the case. I hope that with the game, the game is just as good as the marketing because it looks awesome. And I'm saying right now, for those of you who have seen the trailer for the Blair Witch game, if the dog dies, I fucking riot. That's all I'm going to say about that. There's a cute puppy. There's a puppy in the game. Little doggy. No, he's not little. I think it's a German Shepherd. But still, it's beautiful dog. I was like, the dog dies, I fucking riot. That's all there is to it. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. This game looks... Intriguing. It felt more like an Alan Wake game to me, honestly, but eh, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, Halo, obviously, will be coming out with the Project Scarlet. It's, it's the um, the console release game. It'll be, um, I think it's actually going to be the first game to be released with Project Scarlet. So uh, then we didn't see a whole lot, but you do see that Master Chief comes back and whatnot. Gears of War 5 was announced uh, with a chance to play as a Terminator, a T-800. Uh, and it was kind of cool, like, the, they're showing their, their whole, you know, Gears of War thing and whatnot. And all of a sudden, I saw, like, the, like they're showing, like, you know, like, imagery of skulls on the ground. And I'm like, that looks just like Terminator 2. And then you see, like, the foot stomp down. And I was like, oh, it, that's because it is a Terminator. That's nice. Um so that's kind of interesting, but I mean, uh, honestly, if we're going to talk about Microsoft and I'm going to try to not go on too long about this, but you guys, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, you know, my passion for a certain video game that I was like, they have to show us something at cyber at, at oh, I almost leaked it at EA. Um, yeah, like. I mean, what the fuck? You guys, you guys already know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Cyberpunk 2077. And I mean, okay, prior to you know the the announcement, and whatnot, there was already shit leaking online. We saw what the standard edition was going to look like. We saw what the collector's edition was going to look like, and it was like, what the fuck? Why are we? You know, I, fucking leaks always sort of ruin the whole E3 thing. And I was like, all right. You know, the trailer starts and it's really, fuck, the trailer is so mind-blowing. This is like everything that I want out of this game. And I mean, like I'm already seeing like, like you can see where like products like or properties like Ghost in the Shell and Alita Battle Angel and uh, Blade Runner and, you know, Matrix and whatnot. You can see where all of this is influencing this game like this is this is a game that's making William Gibson very happy right now and then <laughs> you're breathtaking you're all breathtaking Keanu fucking Reeves is in this fucking game and not to mention he was at E3 to announce the release date the release date for Cyberpunk 2077 is April 16th, 2020, which interestingly enough, the original cyberpunk role-playing game was cyberpunk 2020. So that's awesome. It's fucking great. But who better to throw into this game than Keanu Reeves? I mean, he's Johnny Mnemonic. He's Neo. I mean, those are two, especially the Johnny Mnemonic thing. And I just watched it last night, actually, because I had to, but you know, you, you watch Johnny Mnemonic and you see a lot of that transferred into Cyberpunk 2077. So it, it makes so much sense. Yes, it, who better to put into this game? And not to mention, okay, yes. 
I'm one of those guys, like, you know, Keanu Reeves, yeah, Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, you know, Francis Ford Coppola film. He's not good in that movie. I'm, I, he's not. But then, I mean, movies like The Gift, he's fucking brilliant in. And I mean, how can you go wrong with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? You can't. It's it's a movie very similar to today's movie review. You know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. These are movies that even at their worst, they're their best. Um, I sometimes will give Keanu Reeves shit for his acting. At times, yes, he's been very wooden. But other times, he's fucking amazing. But it's the fact of, like, Keanu Reeves is a good dude. Like, he's just, he's genuinely a great soul. <laughs> You're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. And when you when you see that that is who they went to and they said, "Hey, we've got this idea. We want to put you CD Project Red went to him and said, "We want to put you in this game." That's fucking awesome. I mean, I don't know if you've heard the story about Johnny Mnemonic how he got the script for that, but somebody like Val Kilmer was actually supposed to play that main character of Johnny Mnemonic. And he bailed because of Batman Forever, which fine, okay, whatever. So someone dropped the script on Keanu Reeves' front porch, and that's how he found out about this movie, Johnny Mnemonic, back in 1990. Well, they filmed it in 94 because it was released in 95. Um, and I mean, like, but cyberpunk is something that Keanu Reeves is very much a part of like the whole genre of cyberpunk and so it makes sense it's fucking awesome but when you see that scene in the trailer where like he's like yo get the fuck up man we got some work to do and you know and then he takes the sunglasses off and it's keanu reeves and then keanu reeves is at e3 and you know you're breathtaking you're breathtaking everybody saw that 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 dude like made the, the the dude out in the crowd that's like you're breathtaking and then you know keanu's keanu is like you're breathtaking you're all breathtaking like that that made that press conference so amazing um and, and i mean I, I i even posted on like my instagram account you know an hour after that press conference was over and i was still in awe over the whole cyberpunk thing i know this is a horror podcast but but it's very much a science fiction podcast as well. And cyberpunk is very science fiction-y kind of because like it's kind of where we're headed. So it's becoming reality. Science fiction has a way of doing that, you know, predicting the future. And we really, we love it when we see it. And then when it actually happens, it's like, fuck my life. But anyways, that's my rave. That's my rant. Cyberpunk 20, or not even my rant. It's just a rave. The rant was the swamp thing thing um cyberpunk 2077 april 16th 2020 keanu reeves it's so much to take in it was it was this game looks amazing guys and cd project red doing a great job i can't wait to see the soundtrack to this like what music are they going to put into this because i know it's going to be awesome and that i i gotta stop there because i could I could literally spend this whole episode talking about, you know, cyberpunk and just everything that I saw over the last two days. But we need to move on. We need to move on to this week's movie review. It's crazy. It's campy. It's fun. It's it's a movie I can't get my sister to watch. You know, erg. She's missing out. <laughs> She's really missing out. If you haven't seen this movie yet, I might actually, I'm going to say this now. Stop now. Hit the stop button. Go watch the movie, then come back. Because I'm going to talk a lot of stuff in this. I'm going to spoil shit, obviously. Which, it's kind of it's kind of hard to spoil a movie that's 31 years old. But I know there's still people that haven't technically seen it. <clears throat> my sister. So, anyways... We're gonna drop the trailer, do uh, as I always do, you know, because it, it's it, the one thing I like doing with the trailer. I think the reason why I like putting trailers in in my episodes so much is because it kind of breaks the monotony of you hearing me babble, 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 babble. You know what I mean? Like it takes it, it breaks that up. And plus, not to mention this is this trailer is fun. It's a cool trailer. So I'm gonna play the trailer for you, and then when I come back, it'll be. Review time for 
the killer, killer clowns, clowns from, from outer, outer space. space. Back in a moment. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. You see that? Something different. It's not a shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? They've been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you gonna do? Knock my block off? Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Maybe they're just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police pal, you need a psychiatrist. Uh-oh. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy. What are you going to do? Knock my block off? Gotta love that scene. Um, Quick side note, by the way. I know I always do this, but... Before I get into the review, just wanted to mention Rob Zombie's uh, teaser trailer for his upcoming film, Three from Hell, has dropped online. I actually uh, I uploaded it to the Facebook page of What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero as well. It doesn't show us much. I mean, when when you know you say it's a teaser trailer, it really is a first look teaser trailer. It doesn't give away anything, but. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm i not a huge fan of Rob Zombie films. Some I like, some I don't. But I do love House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. So Three from Hell has my attention. I, I am curious to see what he's going to do with this movie. So the teaser trailer is out. Hopefully we get a uh, an actual full trailer soon so we can kind of get an idea where this uh, this movie's going. But enough of that. You guys want to hear me talk about some, you know, killer fucking clowns, right? I mean, because, like, it's a movie that, like, I think most of you know. So, hearing me talk about it, you're going to kind of know, you know, you can envision things. When I'm talking about Dracula's dog and most of you have never seen it, it's like, what the fuck is he talking about? Where, with this movie, I mean, we've all seen this movie, right? Most of us, anyways. I think I well. Let me put it to you this way: I think that everyone listening to this podcast has seen this movie before. So let's talk about it. Killer clowns, outer space. It's a fucking great movie. Released so da 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 da. The release date for this movie was May twenty seventh, nineteen eighty eight. I think it was a mere what twelve years old. Movie came out. I didn't see it in the theater. Uh, it was a uh, was it VHS or cable? I'm trying to remember. Oh. Actually, I do believe this one was cable TV. I saw it on first. I don't think I saw it on VHS. But eh, whatever. Uh, so the runtime of the film is 88 minutes, and the beauty to this film is that. Three brothers collaborated together, and they did a lot of work on this film to make it happen. And it, it's a beautiful story uh, because the movie is written and produced by the Kyoto brothers. The Kyoto brothers are Charles, Stephen, and Edward. Edward, I believe, was the one that was uncredited in the film, but he did actually take part in helping to create this movie as well. Uh, the director for the film was Stephen Kyoto. It is the only film 
to be written and directed by the Kyoto Brothers. There's no other film where they uh, they did that. They they're more known for special effects, uh, clay modeling, creature creations, and you know uh, like special effect designs and whatnot. They they're more known for that uh, because they've worked on other films. It, it, this isn't their only film. They've worked on films such as Critters, uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, they did the uh, the infamous uh, claymation scene with a uh, large Marge. It was the scariest night of my life. You know, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is one of those movies. It's fun to pick on, but it's it's a fan favorite of everybody's. No matter how much you want to pick on Pee-wee Herman or Paul Rubens or whatever, Tim Burton, that one, it's a classic. And Large Marge. Um, so the, I believe I, I mentioned it already. These guys, uh, the Kyotos, were known for like production design and whatnot. Uh, the production design on this film was Charles Kyoto. Casting was done by Alana H. Lambros and Ed Mitchell. Cinematography was done by Alfred Taylor, and the costume design was by Darcy Olson. Now, I also would like to point out the music because the music is. A huge part of this film. I'll be uh, talking more about it later on. But the music was done by, and I apologize if I pronounce his name wrong, John Masseri. Uh, it was actually really cool. I Sunday night I posted on the Instagram page that you know Tuesday new episode for What Lurks Behind What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero was coming out. It was gonna be Killer Clowns and this and that. And of all the comments I get. I'm, which I didn't. I don't get many comments on that page, which is fine. I, I'm not complaining about it. But of all the people to comment was the composer for this fucking movie, John Masari. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? It, it was really cool. Um, he wrote that he's going to be listening to this, so I hope he enjoys it. I'm not really good at this. No. Um, but yeah, it, 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 fuck, it was, I was mind blown. I was like, whoa, dude, thanks. That's awesome. Um, the dude's a busy man. I, I, he's composed for, he's composed music for well over a hundred different projects. Uh, obviously killer clowns. Um, he's done snake eater one, two, and three, uh, which is a series of films starring Lorenzo Lamas and on IMDb, none of these movies get a higher rating than five. So you kind of get where snake eater. I mean, most of you probably never even heard of it. I know I'd heard of Snake Eater 1. I didn't know there were sequels. But anyways, all right. Uh, Kickboxer 5, Retro Puppet Master. He did music for uh, Leeches. Um, 24 Conspiracies. T- it was a TV series. I'm not going to lie. And you all, many of you can kick me for this. I never watched the TV show 24. It just never appealed to me. But there was a, a series called 24 Conspiracy. He did the music for that paranormal state he did music for a movie from 2009 called from the dark not to be confused with the 2014 movie from the dark (laughs) tv movie afraid of the dark uh he most recently did cherokee creek which is uh um, an indie film that's been getting a lot of uh hype on the net and whatnot and should this movie ever get produced ever released ever anything he will be composing the music for Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space 3D. Now, as for whether or not that movie ever actually happens, well, there's more on that later in my write-up, but he will be doing the music, so that's kind of cool. It'd be it, It's awesome when, you know, you can go back and get that original composer to... St- it, it's like so many of the great trilogies or sequels or whatnot when you have that composer that comes back and can, you know, revisit his score and create onto it, that that's fucking awesome. So our starring cast, um, there's a lot of people in this movie. I, I highlighted the main cast. I didn't go much further than that. I did. I could have gone for a while, but you're starring lead male Grant Kramer as Mike tobacco. Um, so he's done some acting, if you can call it that. Um, uh, he was also in the film New Year's Evil, and he was a regular 
back in the day on the soap opera, The Young and the Restless. And scary as it might be, when he was on that show, I was a young kid. And sometimes on my days off from school, when I'd call in sick or whatever, this was the soap that my mom used to watch like way back in the day. And I do remember seeing Grant Kramer on The Young and the Restless. As scary as it is. I'm going to preface something before I go any further. Don't ever mistake me for if if there's a certain actor I don't like what they did or I find them annoying or I don't think their acting was that great. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Please keep in mind that I understand that these movies, every single movie, no matter what movie it is, is made with passion. And I always understand that. Because in this movie, the acting is not the reason I like the movie. Um, <laughs> some of it is bad and fun, and some of it is bad and annoying as fuck. So, but I understand that everybody, and I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a piddly little podcast critic. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't done anything great with movies or whatever, so I get it. I just... I've said this before on the podcast and I want to make sure I say it again. Like if I critique shit, it's just me being a fucking chucklehead. Just take it with a grain of salt and say, go fuck yourself to me. Of course, don't say it to yourself unless you're like me and you look in the mirror every morning and go, go fuck yourself. But, um, all right, moving on our main lead female of the film, Suzanne Snyder as Debbie stone. And she, uh, in the eighties, she was in a lot of like, more uh she had some big roles uh big roles in terms of this podcast and the kind of movies that we like to talk about me and you know my other personalities uh movies like weird science she was in return of the living dead part two uh night of the creeps that great fred decker film and she was uncredited as a cheerleader in The Last Starfighter, which is a movie one day I will talk about on this podcast because The Last Starfighter does not get the love it deserves. It does not get very much love. And I know, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, well, I know that fucking movie. I love it. I have it on VHS. I have it on Laserdisc. I have it on whatever. So do I. I have it on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. But it does not get a lot of love, and it deserves more. So one day... This podcast will review that movie. Moving on, though, John Allen Nelson as Dave Hansen. He's like the cop in the film, right? Um, not not John Vernon's uh, cop character, but he's the other one. He he's the good guy. We'll call him that. Uh, he, he's more known for a lot of TV work. He's done uh, series like Baywatch, Twenty Four. He did the Night Rider, quote unquote, reboot. In 2008, he was on NCIS. He was on CSI Miami. He's had uh, an episode on Castle. Um, and he was in the, and I believe this movie was direct to video, uh, Feast 3, The Happy Finish. He was His character's name was Shit Kicker. Uh, the Feast movies, they're kind of interesting. Uh, that was actually something uh, Ben Beck of the Next Level Network He's the one that actually tipped me off to those movies. I never gave him a chance before. And he had told me, he's like, oh, check out Feast, man. You'll really like it. And all three of them. Okay, the sequels are, eh, they're all right. But the first one, fucking good. Check it out. Uh, Moving on, John Vernon. I mentioned him. He plays uh, Curtis Mooney. Uh, Real annoying asshole, but it's done intentionally. Uh, His acting is... uh, he chews up some scenery and whatnot, but it, it's worth it. It, it. it makes the movie fun. Um, I know him mostly from Batman the Animated Series. He did the voice of Rupert Thorne, but he's all his oh, 206 acting credits in total to this guy's name. Um, he, he's been in movies like Dirty Harry, uh, Savage Streets with Linda Blair, uh, he was in Knight Rider from the 80s, the original Knight Rider. He was in that. Uh, Ernest Goes to Camp, obviously. If any of you have seen that movie, you know him. Uh, he was in I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. That's a great movie. So cheesy and campy, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, he was voice acting. Voice acting, he did Doctor Strange in an episode of Spider-Man, the animated series. I didn't know that. That was kind of interesting because um, I remember watching Spider-Man back in the 90s, but I I don't remember that episode, 
and I kind of want to go back now and watch it because the episode is called Doctor Strange, so it's not like it's going to be hard to find. Um, okay, let's see. Michael S. Siegel as Rich Terenzi and Peter Lacasse as Paul Terenzi, the Terenzi brothers. Both of them, not a whole lot of acting. However, Michael... He is the voice of Raven in Horizon Zero Dawn, the the video game. I figured I'd bring that up since I talked all E3 earlier. So, um, but yeah, he he did the voice of Raven in Horizon Zero Dawn. Peter, on the other hand, he did a little bit of work on the soap opera Santa Barbara, and then he dipped out of acting completely. He he he's done nothing since. Um, I do wonder if. <laughs> this return of the killer clowns from outer space ever actually happens if both Michael and Peter would come back to that. Michael, I think, would be, you know, one that would probably show back up, you know, just because, you know, he's he's still kind of active in the whole acting world and whatnot. But Peter, eh, I don't know. Moving on to the next actor, a Royal Dano, and he is Farmer Gene Green. Another um, veteran actor in the film, he uh, 194 acting credits to his name, including films that were like uh, Messiah of Evil, uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, Teachers, House 2, Ghoulies 2, and Spaced Invaders. And in Spaced Invaders, if I remember correctly, his character is actually a lot like Farmer Gene Green in this film, so... Not much of a stretch, uh, but yeah, he he's done a lot of acting. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, he has range. No, he does. He's done a lot of different uh, projects and whatnot. Finally, Christopher Titus uh, as Bob McCreed. And I mean, honestly, if if you remember the show, that is, he actually had a show in his own name, uh, the, the TV show Titus. Uh, it's probably where people know him best from. He's also done a lot of writing, actually. But he's had a lot of TV appearances on shows like 21 Jump Street, Columbo, Lois and Clark, The Twilight Zone, CSI Miami, and Finding Carter. And I know he's still actively acting even today. So who knows if you know sci-fi ever makes that ha- movie happen, that sequel, you know. Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space 3D, which, okay, that's my thing. I don't know how they would do it 3D if it's on TV. I mean, you can, obviously. You can make 3D movie and whatnot. But I figure the 3D was meant for if it, you know, was put into a theater. Unless sci-fi, you know, produces it and then puts it in the theater. Who knows? Um, Synopsis. It's synopsis time, guys. What's this movie all about? Honestly, if you don't fucking know, but a spaceship looking like a circus tent lands in a field near a small town. Signal it. Wow, I completely fucked that up. Let me try this again. <clears throat> okay. A spaceship looking like a circus tent lands in a field near a small town, signaling the attack of deviant, red-nosed, balloon-twisting psychos from another world who plan to annihilate mankind by turning people into cotton candy. Luckily, the town's teen citizen... You know, I grabbed this from the back of the fucking VHS box, and I can't even say half these goddamn words. What the hell's my fucking problem today? Luckily, the town's teen citizens decide to fight back and teach the cosmic bozos a lesson. But these clowns are no klutzes turning popcorn, peanuts, and caramel corn into playful, but deadly, weapons of madcap destruction and mayhem. I apologize for that, guys. That was, like, the worst synopsis reading ever, and I actually rehearsed that, like, because I wanted to do the whole blah, 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 you know, the whole, like, give it some pizzazz, and I completely fucked that up. The budget for this film was $2 million. The budget for my fucking synopsis reading was not $2 million. (laughs) Worldwide gross for the film, though. 43.6 mil. What a fucking win. Nice. Okay, so my thoughts on the film. Because, and this was interesting. I, I, I started writing out my notes, and I'm like, thoughts on the film. And then I'm like, what can I say about this movie that hasn't already been said? Like... There's movie reviews galore on this movie. But hey, whatever. This is my review and I'll say what the fuck I want because I can. 
because this movie is funny. It's hilarious. You can't be scared of this movie. Even if you have cholrophobia, which is the fear of clowns. It doesn't fucking matter. You, you're not going to be scared. This movie's fucking hilarious. Okay, Scary Clowns is Pennywise. Scary Clowns is Art the Clown or Killjoy. Or I, well, Killjoy kind of. Um, and even Terrifier. Like, honestly, I mean, it depends what you like in your killer clowns. But, I mean, Clownado that's coming out. It, it, supposedly, it's a gore fest. Um, but I assume it's campy as well. I haven't seen it yet, but I will. I will see it. I do. I enjoy clowns in scary movies. Okay. A creepy clown is the, the, the clown in Poltergeist. The toy clown that like comes to life and kind of, well, it kind of comes to life. You know what I'm talking about. Now that's creepy. These clowns are not creepy. They're funny. These guys are fucking hilarious. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe if one approached me in real life, not that that could happen, but if it approached me in real life, maybe I'd piss myself. Probably not. I'd probably be like, mm, do me a trick. Can I see that balloon dog thing you do? Because that was really fucking cool. Practical effects. Practical effects in this fucking movie. Yeah, there's a few moments put into the film that were done via post-production. I mean, you know, like the whole big top spinning off into space and whatnot. I mean, obviously that's not practical effects, but whatever. This is still, first and foremost, a practical effects movie, and I love it for it. Oh my God, it's so awesome. And I mean, kudos to like the whole special effects team and the Kyoto brothers for their designs and whatnot. It, a lot of love and passion was put into that and you can definitely feel it because the acting, uh-uh. Okay, so Grant Kramer, I could do without him, but here, here's my thing. He's annoying. He, his acting is, ugh, it's harsh. But in a way, it kind of works well for this movie. I mean, you think about it. We're talking about a flick that is a campy romp of a film. It's cheesy. It's goofy. It's bad cinema made fun. So almost in essence, he kind of works for the movie. I don't like him. I don't like his acting style. I shouldn't say I don't like him. I don't know him. I'm, I've never met the dude. But... I don't like his acting style. It, it 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 it's like cheese in a grater for me. Okay, but I, and I mean, I'll be honest with you. I watched this movie and I remember the first time ever watching. It, I'm like, why can't they put him in a cotton candy cocoon? But I mean, his overall, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, now I'm watching this movie and I'm going, you know, Debbie really needs to rethink her choices in men, but. I mean, because I'm so much better. I don't know why she wouldn't want someone like me. No, I'm kidding. Um, moving on. Okay, so I want to talk a bit about the music. Because the music is just as iconic as the... I'd say almost as iconic as the clowns themselves. Which I'll get into the clowns in a bit. But the music. The music, and I might... I'm throwing this out there. There is a reimagined soundtrack. Uh, kind of like a remastered, remade edition uh, it was released in 2018 by John Masari. can be found on Spotify to stream uh, if you want to check it out. I actually, I have it listed as one of my favorite albums on there because I like listening to it. I, I also have the original soundtrack that was, um, it was released years later uh, in 2005 by Percepto Records. I have it digitally. Um, I know you can get it on CD and apparently vinyl. I've never seen the vinyl anywhere, but apparently it does exist. Uh, if I ever find it, it's mine, um, but... Music to this movie is fun. It's campy. It fits the movie perfectly. Um, I mean, John Masari did such a great job creating this this score. Uh, it fits the mood, the environment. It helps make it makes the movie that much more fun. It it really does a a great job. And I'm not gonna lie, like the reimagined soundtrack that I mentioned, you can check it out on Spotify. It's just as good. Like. He, you can tell he loves making that music. Like it, it's very catchy and it, it's fun. And that's the thing. That's the thing with killer clowns. And I know I've said it quite a few times, but this movie is fun and there's nothing wrong with watching a fun movie. And on a PS kind of note here, the Dickie song, killer clowns from outer space, or well, also called killer clowns, uh, it might be one of the catchiest tunes from a movie. Uh, I put it second only to Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. Um, that's my opinion. 
but like Pet Cemetery and Killer Clowns are probably two of the most catchiest tunes from a film, in my opinion. Um, I say catchiest because my favorite all-time song from a movie is Dream Warriors by Dawkin, but uh, in terms of catchiness and like songs that just get stuck in your head and you keep singing them and humming to them and whatnot, uh, Killer Clowns is definitely on that list. Scenes that I kind of liked, obviously the Clownzilla scene. Uh, go figure, I was talking about Godzilla last week. This week, well, we've upgraded to Clownzilla. Uh, no. Um, most of the effects were actually done by a lot of other talented people. I mentioned that before. Uh, but this one sequence, uh, the whole design of it, the look of the clown and everything was all Kyoto Brothers. And man, is it worth it. Like, And the Clownzilla's name is Jojo. Uh, and it actually Jojo was played by one of the Kyoto brothers. Uh, Charles Kyoto is the man in the suit. Um, I mean, other song or uh, other songs, other scenes that I really love. Obviously, I mentioned the balloon dog scene. I, I, that part makes me laugh every time. Uh, the shadow puppet scene where we see like the T-Rex eating the people and whatnot. Um, the obviously the infamous what are you gonna do knock my block off scene like everybody knows that scene i even that's what i opened the segment up with um <laughs> i love the fact that farmer gene's dog's name is Pooh bear i don't know why but the first time i ever saw that i was like that's so funny like it, it's just i don't know it made me laugh like there's there's so much the the, the popcorn monsters uh the cotton candy cocoons uh, the big top itself, which is clearly bigger on the inside and literally gives Doctor Who a run for its money on that. How many more fucking corridors can they possibly go through? It was kind of like last week when I talked about Midnight Movie and I'm like, for a movie theater, how many more fucking hallways and doorways can these people go through? And it, that's this big top. I mean, sure, the big top's huge. I get it. But it's literally bigger on the inside. Um the clowns so interesting fact the clowns none of their names are ever mentioned in the film i i mean honestly how how would anyone know what their names are unless they spoke them and they don't but the clowns do have names um for example jumbo jumbo is the clown that does the ventriloquist scene with uh, mooney when he's like got his hand like jammed in his back and he's like we want to kill you and we want to take over and all that shit he says and whatnot um <laughs> But yeah, that's Jumbo. Um, there's Fatso. There's Shorty. Now, Shorty is like the fan favorite. Shorty is the one that everybody loves. He's the whole knock my block off clown. Like, he's the one that's like, ooh, put up your dukes and I'm riding my little bike and stuff. That, everybody loves Shorty. Uh, Rudy is the one that's in uh, the, the scene where they're... Um, the clown is going through like that pharmacy like store and, and Marty's behind the counter and whatnot. And he's all like, Oh my God. And they're all freaking out and shit. He, he's the one in the pharmacy store there. Uh, spiky spiky is the one who gives us the balloon dog. He's the one that creates the little balloon dog and goes sniffing on the trail and whatnot. Uh, slim slim is the shadow puppet scene clown. He's the one with the T-Rex and all that stuff. And the female clowns because they never get enough credit you know nobody ever mentions the female clowns but rosebud and daisy those were their names they're the ones that give the terenzi brothers the ride of their lives uh literally um <laughs> so weird and, and I, the way my mind works sometimes like and i just sit there and i'm like mm, you know you, you kind of scare yourself with the way you go with these things like the way i think and whatnot but i'm just like wondering like these clowns they're they're aliens they're from outer space do they have the same anatomy as humans um probably thinking a little too hard on that but who cares so a sequel i mentioned the sequel had been uh, mentioned uh sci-fi has supposedly bought the rights to this movie uh but still to this day no sequel and the reason why i bring that up is because i love that there is no sequel however at the same time i'm not going to lie I kind of do want to see where they would take the story next. Um, and uh, again, the, I, I mentioned it last week as well, like with midnight movie, there's no sequel. Let's hope there never is one killer clowns is kind of like, um, I'm torn between the two. Like I don't want a sequel because I love how it just stands on its own and it does its own thing and never has to be anything more than that. But at the same time, I'm like, I would love to see what they would do with this. 
So if we're going to get a sequel, I would prefer it sooner than later. But the last I heard, the last anything was reported was like October of 2018 when sci-fi supposedly picked up the rights. And prior to that, it was like March of 2017. So it seems like there's like year long gaps between any news about this. So we'll have to see what happens all in all. This movie is iconic. The music is iconic. The clowns are clearly iconic. I mean, trick or treat studios, they have like these awesome masks made up that you can buy um of the clowns and whatnot shorty is like i guess the fan favorite everybody loves shorty i love shorty shorty's awesome um it's your birthday shorty no i didn't go there you didn't hear that just ignore that part um but yeah is this movie a good movie no is it a bad movie well define bad for me because (laughs) honestly this movie is fucking wild it's great it's a party it is it's what a movie should be. Okay, movies like this, the Academy would shun. They, they, they don't want this kind of stuff getting awards because, well, that would ruin their credibility. But who the fuck cares? Honestly, this is what B-movies are all about. This is what the hilarity of B-movies is all about. This is what you want. When you want a movie that's going to entertain you, when you want a movie that's going to make you laugh and make you feel good, this is the kind of movie you watch. IMDb gives this movie a 6.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it as a 77% approval rating. And that's based on 22 critic reviews, which is impressive because most of the time, critics are assholes. Dread Central gives this movie a 3 out of 5 stars, which is almost on par with IMDb. If you you know convert it and whatnot, it's a 6 out of 10 for them. JoeBlow.com give it an 8 out of 10. That's where I kind of rank. I'm pretty much up there with Joe Blow. I give it an 8.5 out of 10 for myself. And the only reason why I knock a few points is because the human element. (laughs) See, I did that intentionally because much like a Godzilla movie, you don't watch this for the humans. You're watching it for the fucking clowns. You are watching it to see these goofy, crazy weapons, this clown car, clownzilla, and Pooh Bear. You do watch it for Pooh Bear. I watch it for Pooh Bear. But you're watching it for the clowns. This movie is fun. It's wild. It's crazy with a K. Um, The music is zany and awesome. The clowns, the clowns, and that's the thing, like the thing about them too. They don't really speak, but they're all charismatic in their own way, which kudos to all the uh like that the acting that went into that because that's a lot of like silent acting basically that these guys are doing and and the puppetry obviously on the facial expressions and whatnot this movie is so fucking great it's an 8 8.5 out of 10 easily for me um and i mean honestly i i could go on but there's nothing that you haven't heard about this movie before that i could say that's all she wrote folks it that, that's it it's all done it's over um but yeah uh, killer clowns from outer space highly recommend it gets the lurkers recommendation you definitely have to watch this movie if you haven't seen it and if you have seen it i don't care watch it again this movie's fucking awesome check out the soundtrack on spotify you know the reimagined version it kicks ass it's really fucking good Listen to that Dickie song and get that shit stuck in your head. Oh, wait. You won't have much long to wait for that because that's coming at the end of this episode. Um, But yes, that's it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the show this week. This, again, much like last week's episode, this one was a lot of fun to put together. It was a lot of fun to to go back and watch the movie again and to enjoy it all. Um, There's... Oh... Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I knew I was eventually going to do this episode on the podcast, and I was like, you know what? Now is a good time for it. So that's that. That's, that, that's everything. I'm basically going to end this off now by telling you where you can find the podcast and to announce the reveal. The reveal trailer. No, just the reveal of the next movie, the next episode, the next ear gouging mp3 you'll listen to no um all right so sometimes you know i i try to make things bigger and grander than they really are i yeah where to find the podcast so obviously you can find it at its home the next level network.com next level network home of so many podcasts like caffeine crew dc primetime 
uh, thoughts with T and B, panels to pixels. I never mentioned them. Panels to pixels. That's a good one. Um, Two fat dudes. You know, there's there's great podcasts on the network. Uh, A lot of them better than mine. But no. um, Again, like last week, I said I gotta stop putting myself down so much. But you know what it is. I do it for comedic value. It, I, it's satirical. It's meant to be fun. You know, you're, you're listening, so I'm doing something right. But yes, the nextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero is where you can find this podcast or what lurks behind podcastzero.com. You can find it on social media. Social media, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero. On Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero and on Twitter WLB podcast underscores uh, zero and Twitter I'm, I'm trying to use it a bit more guys I really am <laughs> I know because um, it seemed like for a while there I was literally just posting the episodes and not doing anything else which is pretty much what I do with what lurks behind podcast zero.com and I want to correct that as well so in time you're gonna start to see more happening if you haven't already, and you would like to, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, or Spotify. I've been mentioning Spotify a lot this week. And that's that. That's it. Oh, hold on. No, email. You know, I never mentioned the email. Email account. What lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com. You can send me an email, you know, and I, I check them every day and whatnot. So feel free to. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. I haven't done anything with it yet, but I do have a Twitch account, Twitch TV, uh, twitch.tv slash what lurks behind podcast zero. You can find it there, um, but I haven't done anything with it at all. So it's there, but that's, that's about it. I just thought, it and now for the reveal, too bad. I don't have Keanu Reeves to do this for me because it'd be so much better. But the reveal of next episode, and we are going way back in time for this one. Well past 1988. Fuck, well past 1968. Uh, We're going all the way back to 1935 for The Bride of Frankenstein. And, you know, I was originally, when I was trying to figure out, like, what episodes I was going to do in the future and whatnot, I was going to do the original Frankenstein, but... The Bride of Frankenstein is a film that I feel there's a little bit more to talk about. Both movies can be talked about a lot, but I kind of liked what I could bring to the show. And not to mention, I was looking at like recent horror podcasts that are out there and nobody's really talked about this movie for quite some time. So I feel like it's kind of like the door opened for me and I'm going to do this movie. So The Bride of Frankenstein will be the next episode. But until then, I'm going to sign off this episode this week um, with, you know what, it would be a disservice to do the ending of this episode any other way than if I didn't include this song. So this week, we're ending off the episode the right way. I'm going to play a song by Disturb. No, I'm kidding. Um, The Dickies Killer Clown Song is the only way you can end this episode. I think every podcast that's ever done a Killer Clowns review has included this song. And it's it's the only way to do it. So I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to let you all listen to this song. It's going to get stuck in your head. I guarantee it. And too fucking bad. You can deal with it. I want to thank you all for listening, though. Thank you for coming out. Next episode, Bride of Frankenstein. But now it's time to go play with the Dickies. Keep lurking, everyone.